This is your host, John Snyder, for The Walk. Have you ever asked, why does God allow people to experience unfair difficulties and struggles? Today's guest takes this question head on. He was called into God's kingdom at 16. After some years in business, he married his wife, Katie, in 2010. Then three years later, they sold everything they had, moved to a new city, and started a church. Today, the church has grown to eight campuses in the Tampa Bay area, and they have expanded their church planting ministry to South Asia, Sri Lanka, and India. Today, Aaron Burke is with us to discuss his new book, The Unfair Advantage, Seven Keys from the Life of Joseph for Transforming Any Obstacle into an Opportunity. Well, my spiritual journey kind of starts at 16 years old. I had an encounter with the Lord when I was uh, really not living right with God, but my parents sent me on a mission trip every single summer, um, I think to kind of get us out of the house, but I was in the <laughs> country of Nepal, and there um, the Lord just got a hold of my life, and by His um, amazing grace saved me and called me into ministry, and so from there I just asked the Lord, okay, I want to change the world. Where do I start? And the Lord said, start where you're at, which was my local Christian school that I was attending. So uh-huh. started my first little Bible study, got involved in youth group, and then um, went to full-time uh, school to be a pastor. And it's been a great experience. I've just, uh, I, on the day that I graduated, I, um, from my, with my bachelor's, I got an opportunity to be a full-time missionary um, in Sri Lanka, did that for years, then started a business to kind of fund our missions, did youth ministry for a while, and then in 2013, my wife packed and I packed up everything. We had a little six-month-old baby, a little demonic dog that <laughs> did, went on to be not with the Lord. I don't know where the dog is at, but definitely not with the Lord. And uh, moved to Tampa, Florida, which is about seven hours away from where we were living, to um, start a church. We really wanted to reach people who are far from Christ and yeah. planted right in sure. the middle of the community. And it was the hardest but yet most rewarding thing we've ever done. I've been doing that for almost 10 years now. So you, uh, 16 was your turning point for it ministry. Was. Okay. It was. Uh, mine too, exactly. Wow. 16. I don't know why God chooses that age, but uh, that's what happened to me. Okay, let's, let's get started with your, uh, with your book, uh, Unfair Advantage. What inspired you to write that? You know, I was in a season of prayer and fasting a few years back, praying over a, uh, a girl that was on our staff, and she had just been through a horrible upbringing. Her parents were in ministry, had a terrible divorce, went through tons of trauma, abuse, neglect. And I remember praying over her just saying, it's unfair. It's unfair what you went through. It's unfair how you've been treated. It's unfair how you were overlooked. And as I was praying over her, I felt the Holy Spirit speak and say, Aaron, it's unfair, but it's for her advantage. And I took out a notepad and wrote down the unfair advantage, how God uses all of the unfair things in our life, the things that nobody ever signed up for, but yet God put us through because he has something great on the other side for our, our life, and he has something great for us to do, but he brings us through an unfair process along the way. And um, and so I just started researching. I thought it was a story of my life. Um, I started talking to some great men and women of God, and it seemed like every one of them that we would think as a success today went through a season where it was a struggle. And then, of course, I looked at the life of Joseph in the Bible. You know, there's He's just got an unfair story, and I mapped out seven areas of Joseph's life that were unfair, but yet God used it as an advantage for him. And that's where kind of the whole premise of the book came from and preached it at a pastor's conference in February of 2020, right before the world shut down. 
Oh, and yeah. three different authors came up to me um, after there's about 2000 pastors there. Three different authors came up to me and said, Aaron, you've got to write that into a book. And so I'm just I'm just being obedient to whatever the Lord wanted me to do. And that's how he led it. And he made it happen. It sounds like the uh, characters of the Bible, doesn't it? It does. I mean, just plenty of information there. Uh, I was looking recently and uh, Elijah the prophet, Jeremiah the prophet, and even Moses uh, thought they were being treated unfairly. Very true. What makes this different from other books about faith? You know, I think that the statement that I opened the book up with is the idea that we believe that God can turn things around for the good. But what I tell people is that's available. It's just not automatic. And what I have mm-hmm. to what we have to understand is you can go through an unfair thing in life, but that doesn't mean that you're going to come out of it better. There's actually some decisions there is a faith factor that comes into play that really determines um, how it comes out on the other side. So I've seen two people go through the same horrible scenario. Let me give an example. Uh, two people, um, two different ladies um, lose a child. It's devastating. I, I think of um, I had two in my youth group that both lost 16 year old um, children in my youth group, separate times, separate situations, two different diseases. And I remember one of them walking out of that situation, which is horrible, but walked out of it with God's help, depending on God's power, and walked out of it better with strength, with um, ministry, with the idea of using it for the good. Um, and, And it was just a unique perspective they walked out of, where another lady went through the exact same scenario, walked out of it bitter, resentful towards God, um, really stuck in that trauma in her life and never able to really make an impact in the world because of it. And I realized going, man, we've got to learn that our decisions during these moments really, really matter. And so it was, it was, that's what made it write the book. Cause I've, I've actually my whole life heard like, Hey, if you've gone through something bad, there's going to be good on the other side. And I'm like, well, how, how do we see the good happen on the other side? And so in there, I give the seven unfair things things, but I tell the decisions that we need to make in the in each moment to make sure that we are living in alignment with God's Word so that we can walk into the purposes that God has, even for the painful situations. That's good stuff, Aaron. Um, well, here's the big question that you've been asked a thousand times, so have I. Uh, why does God allow good people to experience these difficulties and struggles and pains? Well, you know, I, I bring that up in the first chapter because I, and I titled the page that I talk about this is it's, this is not the way it was supposed to be. You know, this is not, this is not the ultimate desire of God. You know, we, we got to think of this as our God is so good. Um, he's so gracious, but sin is destructive. And the thing about sin is it's, it damages everything. It damages our earth. It damages our world. It damages our families. Um, and my whole thing is, is, you know, we make choices in a sinful world that have terrible consequences, but our God is so good that he can even use the consequences and the destructiveness of our sin and redeem it for an ultimate purpose. So my whole theology on it is that God does not cause our pain, but he does use our pain for a greater purpose. And so that's how... I approach it. And I just, I really believe in the goodness of God, but, and I, and he's so good that he can even take the consequences of a painful, broken world 
and use them for the good. I mean, a good example is Joseph's brothers. You know, that that's a consequence of the world. You got you got a competition between them. You got um, resentment. You've got hatred. You've got bitterness. And you've got brothers who sinned, took their their uh, brother Joseph, throw him in a pit, sell him off into slavery, lie about his death. That's all sin. And we look at that and go, man, nobody would look at it and go, well, God did that. No, we understand that people are sinful and broken. The world is like that. But God is so good that he can even take that broken situation and use it to bring Joseph to the destiny that he has for him. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, right at the end of Genesis chapter 15. And you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. It's my, one of my favorite passages. Uh, they meant it for evil, but you meant it for good. That's a powerful historical piece of philosophy, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, what God does to transform, change, and rearrange just because he's gracious. He's so good. And, yeah. you know, it's it's also a statement of real mature faith. Real mature faith can say, I can look back and realize what I went through had to happen. And even the people that they didn't know what they were doing, but I needed to go through that to bring me to where God wanted me to go. And um, and I think it's, it's, it's an amazing kind of overarching um, victory statement of Joseph's life that he understood that God was using even the broken things in life. Yeah, and it's looking backwards where they learned that, right? Yes, were, it is. Hebrews were very backward-looking people because they always looked back on their history and said, oh, that happened. God did this. He did that. Yes. And so that enabled them to walk forward, but kind of in a backward pose, right? They walked forward into the future backwards. I love that. I actually, <laughs> I, I say a statement in the book. I say we live life forward, but we actually understand life backwards. So yeah, you actually, right. you're moving forward and it's it's by looking back, you can see, oh, now I know why I did it and why I had to go through that because God actually had a plan the entire time. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, tell me how you your faith and prayer life have been changed just through the process of writing this book. I'm sure there was something happening as you wrote and you learned things as you wrote. It was, you know, it's such a fun journey following the Lord. You know, he, um, I've been able to do some really interesting things in my life, you know, starting a business, being a youth pastor, starting a church, um, did missions work all over the world. Every time the Lord asks you to do something, that's out of your comfort zone. You know, there's always this kind of wrestle, and I don't know if it's ever going to work. And this was one of those scenarios for me. Um, I felt the Lord tell me to do it. Um, I had confirmation, and then I had to get to a place where going, you know what? If it fails, it's okay, because at least I tried. And it just continued to bring up a little bit of my, um, just my, um, dependence on him. And, you know, even maybe people are listening to this right now and they're going, God's told me to do something that's out of my comfort zone. Welcome to my life. I, I yeah. honestly think that it's kind of more confirmation every time God tells me to do something when it's out of my comfort zone, it doesn't make sense. And I'm like, okay, that's gotta be God. Cause I couldn't come up with that yeah. on my own. And so it's just created a more of a reliance on him. Um, I had great times that just I live a pray first lifestyle, so I just prayed before I wrote every single day that I did it, and and then um, I never pushed the book. I never, I never like um, the. It was different authors helped me, and they got it published, and the publisher got connections with people, and I'm just like, Lord, if you open a door, 
I'll walk through it. If you shut the door, I'm going to just wait on you for what's next. So it's just another scenario for that. And I just hope it helps people. It's really cool to hear how the Lord has used it to help people. And I get the credit because I'm not that great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think God's going to use this book uh, in in many wondrous ways. It just sounds like it to me because it's it's right on target when it comes to people suffering. Uh, Now, I'm sure you've had some key thoughts in your mind. Uh, What do you hope... Uh, there are the key takeaways from reading this this book. Well, yeah, you know, I think that one of the key take, takeaways is suffering is different in different seasons. You know, we see it in Joseph's life. Um, you know, we have a guy that dreams that nobody believes in his dream. That's a moment of that's that's a painful thing. You know, we have a guy that's sold into slavery and asked to work and he's not paid. What do you do when you're undervalued, underpaid? Um, but Joseph makes a crucial decision. We have someone that chooses to forgive when it would be easier to hold a grudge and resentment. Like there's some, there's some crucial decisions to make. And my challenge for people is that if you're in a season of suffering, you have a decision to make. Are you going to be a victim of that season or, or are you going to walk out of there as victorious in Christ Jesus, even if you don't see the, the, the blessing and the breakthrough right away and make the tough decision during that moment to do life God's way. I mean, I, I'll give one example is, you know, the, the decision of, of the work ethic of Joseph. The Bible says when he went to Potiphar's house, he excelled in everything he did. And I think yeah. about that going, if that was me, I was sold into slavery, uh, rejected by my brothers, abandoned by my dad. I, I don't know if I'm going to bring my best to my job that I'm not getting paid for. I'm going to live yeah. there in just offense, bitter, you know, anger, but Joseph chose a different way. And my challenge for Christians is let's choose a different way. When the world says slack off, you know, do, you know, only do the bare bones, we go, no, we're going to bust. Yeah, he's back. He's back. Yeah. Take it easy. And so it's it's just decisions like that. You know, when the world says live offended, we're we're gonna forgive. Yeah. When the world says try to promote yourself, we're gonna we're gonna be faithful behind the scenes and let God promote us. When the world says satisfy your flesh, we're going to be like Joseph and choose integrity. So it's just crucial decisions that are unfair. And my challenge is take the unfair way and watch how it'll be an advantage for your life. That's going to be a good challenge to a generation that's become nothing but victims. Yes. Yeah. And and, and I I was to a lot of my 22, 23-year-old church members who I just I just see the victim mentality so much, and I'm yeah. going, no, you want to be a Joseph. You want to be someone that that lives different. Yeah. Well, which character besides Joseph do you mostly relate to, and why? Oh, well, I mean, I I love I love the story of Moses. Um, you know, Moses is another one that was hidden for 80 years. We don't understand that when we look at you know you you watch the movie and he looks like he's 30 but the reality <laughs> is that there was 40 years he was raised in Egypt learning the education learning the egyptian culture learning institutionalized education and then 40 years he's in the wilderness learning you know the grit and the grind of life in the desert the lord yeah. was preparing him the whole time and i see this all throughout scripture if god has you waiting there's a purpose behind it. There's something he's working behind the scenes. So we see Joseph's life 13 years before he was ever in front of Pharaoh, 
from dream yep. to right there, 13 years. Yeah, we see it in um, in Jesus's life. Jesus, God in the flesh, did not come on the scene until 30 years old. And I look at that going, we are way too quick to get in into the spotlight, into, you know, let's get followers online, let's get influence. And God's like, hey, yeah. let me prepare you behind the scenes a little bit because I'm concerned we're creating people that have the charisma to take them to the top, but they don't have the character that'll keep them there. And character is only built during difficult seasons. Mm-hmm. The statement that takes people aback usually is in Hebrews where it says, Jesus had to learn obedience. Mm. Jesus had to learn obedience. That, that kind of strikes one as strange and different, doesn't it? It, it does. What a great phrase yeah. right there. Like he, he, There's still a process of learning going, oh, we're not going to go by our flesh. We're going to learn what it is to follow and to be totally obedient, to hear the voice of God. And if Jesus needed that, boy, do we all need it. Yeah. Well, as a as a pastor, I'm sure you've talked to many people about many, many situations and, and losses and confusions. What do you think um, most people find most difficult in life that this is going to help them with? Well, I think there's there's a couple of them. Um, one is it's just I think look at the end of Joseph's story. Well, at least the story of him in the prison. He's in the prison. Scholars say for somewhere around you know nine to ten years. Yeah. So he's in there for ten, nine to ten years. You got to think he meets the cupbearer eight years in. So and then the cupbearer and the baker. The cupbearer says, "You know, I'm I'm going to remember you when I go to Pharaoh." And then the last verse in that chapter, it says, "But he forgot Joseph. <laughs> he forgot Joseph." And then it was another two years went by before Joseph was was mentioned again. And I just realized probably the hardest thing people deal with. Is just feeling that people and that even God has forgotten them. Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage some people that like God has not forgotten you. If you feel like you're in a dark season, by the way, and I'm not talking about a dark season for a week or a month or even a year. I'm talking about someone that's been there for 10 years Yeah. and you go, my purpose is gone. There's no way it's going to be redeemed. It just takes one moment. And mm-hmm. I always try to ask myself the question during those dark seasons is, Man, what is God trying to teach me? What is he trying to do in me? Um, what is he doing to prepare me in this time? Because he has not forgotten about me. Man could forget. Man could overlook us, but God hasn't. And so I just hope that this is a great reminder to people that God's not forgotten them. And um, even, even if life is falling apart, God is still good and he can redeem the scenario in the right time. Yeah. Well, we probably all notice that um, God has lots of time on his hands, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> <laughs> no, and we don't have quite as much on our hands, but uh, we want to see something happening a week from Tuesday at the latest. And yep. he has 10 years from Tuesday, uh, maybe yep. in mind for us. That's a hard thing to learn. Uh, but it's in those, I think uh, it's in those long stretches of, of not having God do what we want, where we, our faith increases, you know, strengthens. It really does. It really does. And you know, it. it um, I, one of my one a book that really helped my life was called God of the Long View, and it, it it's just another book I read years ago, and it brought to me this perspective of man, God's not in a rush for anything. Nope. We're in a 
church. We we think of we think of everything as like now, but God's thinking generationally. Yeah. You know, it's like I even think about Jesus. I'm like, why didn't Jesus come like the day after they fell in the garden? You know, if I was planning <laughs> it, that's how I would do it. Yeah. But but God had a better plan. He knew the right time and I just want people to know that God knows the right time for your story too. He knows the yeah. right time for um for that breakthrough to happen, the right time for the business to succeed, the right time for um even those children who are far from the faith to come back to the faith. So keep trusting him. Trusting God means trusting God's timing. Yeah, good point. I like that. Trusting God's timing. Yeah. Which is hard. And it may be maybe lots and lots of years in there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've talked to so many people who have. Um, I was thinking of one professor. He's, he had this dream. His life dream was to do a certain thing. And uh, twenty years later, after I left school, he wrote to me and said, "God fulfilled my dream." <laughs> <laughs> Only twenty years, you know, but he did. He did fulfill it. And that's so true. Yeah. Well, let's see, where can audiences find more information or purchase their own copy of The Unfair Advantage? Well, anywhere books are sold, I believe the book is there. And obviously the normal sites and Amazon and Barnes & Noble and different places online. And um, I'd encourage you, get a copy. It's a great book to go through with a small group. If you've got a small group in your church, um, we're having multiple small groups go through it. And it's got each chapter has discussion questions at the end for people to talk about. The, you know, the unfair thing and how to leverage it for the advantage that God has for your life. So um, find it online. You can always go to AaronBurke.com and there's links there for all the different places to get it. But um, I really hope it helps some people. And um, I think it'll be a book that people will hold on to to bring some hope for people that are in painful seasons. Listening to you, I think it's going to bring lots of hope to lots of people. Thank you. Sir. If you were to recommend one one podcast uh, in your parting words here, uh, what would it be? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I, I've got a, a made for more podcast, which is basically, uh, a, a way for people to, to walk through it in more of a leadership perspective. And I try to walk through it that way. And obviously, um, if you want to know more about it, I mean, we have a radiant church podcast that, um, that has my sermons. I'm doing a whole series off of this subject, trying to use content that's not in the book, mm-hmm. uh, just new stuff that I've learned off of it. So maybe it'll help you. And, um, and so if people want to jump into those things, they can and just um, stay connected with us. And our goal is just to continue to bring hope to people that um, are in painful seasons right now. You've probably had those experiences that writers always have. You put a book out, it's published, it's being read. And lo and behold, three no fantastic pieces of evidence and thought uh-huh. uh, pop up. He said, why didn't I have that in my book? Oh, uh, I've had so many of those in his yeah, father. I know. So <laughs> Well, that means you have to write another book, doesn't it? I think that's exactly what it means. <laughs> okay, Aaron, this has been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, thanks Thank for you your, so your candor and honesty. Um, would like to visit your church if I'm ever going to be in, in Florida. Absolutely. Reach out. I'd love to, love to host you there. It would be great. And it's been, it's been fun. We've got campuses all over Tampa Bay, and we're just trying to reach this area for Jesus. Okay. Well, it's great news. Thanks again. God bless you and look forward to your next book. Absolutely. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Aaron Burke talk about his ministry at Radiant Church in Tampa Bay, Florida, and his new book, The Unfair Advantage, Seven Keys from the Life of Joseph for Transforming Any Obstacle into an Opportunity. 
You can find his book as well as his various ministries online and on social media. Thanks for joining us today. Please watch for upcoming interviews with other outstanding Christian leaders across the world. This is John Snyder for The Walk. So long for now.